0: Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Welcome to another
1: episode of Engaging Personalities. We're having a guest back. Um, It gives me pleasure to introduce an author of eight books, including The Jerk-Free Workplace. He's a Hall of Fame speaker, and he's a workplace culture expert, and one of the funniest guys I know. Please welcome to the program Mr. Mike Kerr. Mike. Hey, good morning. Hello, everyone. Uh, I've got my official good morning sign, actually, ready to go. (laughs) How are you, Anders? Good, 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 good. Um, thanks for coming back, and I brought you back because uh, I mean workplace culture things are changing in terms of uh, work from home, in terms of COVID stuff happening. Uh, virtual has changed a lot of things, and I wanted to um, bring on this topic of authenticity versus professionalism, and kind of and and just to kind of preframe this before we we dig into it. I find myself giving almost opposing advice, okay, sometimes. So I'm training salespeople to be more engaging, whether it's online or in person or, you know, in interactions. And sometimes I'm trying to get them to do things that are against their nature, right? To kind of, and and so you're, and then you're also talking about, we want to be professional. And we. it's like, you're trying to cover up things and then we're trying to bring out things. And it's kind of almost like there's opposing things. So I wanted to kind of explore this topic with you and 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 kind of, um get at it so let's start off with authenticity and professionalism are they at odds with each other or what are your thoughts Mike?
2: i don't think so now i know what you were saying just earlier and and that is it, it's an interesting topic right because we talk sometimes we we give advice to all sorts of different professionals you know be yourself you have to be yourself but then a few minutes later it's well not that self. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of a different self than that self. But no, I don't think they're opposing forces. In fact, the way I look at this topic is if you want to be more professional, you need to be more authentic. And Mm. authenticity will help you be more professional. Whether you're a leader, whether you're in sales, whether you're a presenter, being more authentic will
1: help you come across as a true professional interesting take on that okay now i'm just going to push you on that mike just a bit because i think maybe if we define authenticity in a certain way because i think let's 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 take for example the virtual side of things right you know um not curating your background or something like it's just a pigsty back there hey that's me that's the way i live that's the authentic me right yeah to me, that does kind of fly in the face of the professionalism a little bit. So, um, for sure, how- yeah. And what, what we have to be clear on, you know, we and, and it's become a bit of a
2: buzzword lately, right? Authentic leadership. Bring your authentic self to work. Uh, and of course, we do have to clarify that there has to be boundaries. When we talk about your authentic self, we're not talking about your authentic self that you were at three o'clock in the morning. When your dog was throwing up on the carpet in the living room, right. not that self. <laughs> of course, we we still have to be professional. We want to, to be respectful. We have to think about how we're communicating, how we're coming across. Everything from. How how we dress? I mean, as you said, that's a great background, right? Our, our back, yeah. That's, hey, that's not uh, Hey, take it or leave it. That's how I live. My office is a pig's tie, right? Or uh, you know, this is just how I dress. Or or I, I curse like a sailor. That's I'm just being the real me here. Hey, okay? I just curse like a sailor. So live with it. So of course there is that opposing force. So I think I think we do have to. Uh, define it uh to make sure we we know what we're talking about Mm -hmm. but since we know that authenticity when we see people when we think people are being more authentic being more genuine being more real we know that it makes them more approachable more likable i think Mm -hmm. we trust them more it helps create psychological safety in teams, in the workplace, even when you're doing a presentation, I think it creates psychological safety when you see the presenter being authentic and real and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a sub-aspect of authenticity. So I think with with that definition in mind, I think of course it helps you be more professional.
1: Yeah, and and this does remind me, and we kind of touched on this just in the the green room, if you will, um, about mistakes. You know, humanize us, right? And and this, oh, that's a bonehead I, move, right there. Yeah, there right you go. Yes. Uh, so, so this idea that, yeah, that if things are too perfect, sometimes it is, um, you know, uh, forgettable or something, right? Like mistakes. Yeah,
2: make, all, yeah. Make... There's there's almost a danger, and as presenters, we know this even. And I've actually had this feedback sometimes over the year where, where um, people don't trust your message if it's too slick. If it comes across so programmed, like you just pulled the string and it's just coming out word for word and they don't see any kind of real connection with the audience, then people don't trust you and they don't trust the message therefore. And it's interesting, you talk about mistakes. I coach a lot of speakers over, over the years. And when I'm coaching, especially senior executives, I almost always have this situation where a senior executive is presenting their material and they go into speaker mode, right? Or or leader mode. And all of a sudden their whole persona changes, their voice changes, their mannerisms change. And now I am a speaker and they're talking blah, blah, blah. Like this robot almost. And then they make a mistake. And it's so fascinating what happens because they'll laugh they'll very often step out of themselves almost. It's like they're stepping out of their body because they'll take a step over from yeah, themselves yeah. and they'll laugh and they'll go, oh, can we start over? And then they just talk very normally, very conversationally. And that's always the point where I go, there, that's the person we all want to hear, this person, not the robot person before, that person. So there is something about making mistakes that just helps us, I think, be more more human more real more genuine those facades fall down those masks fall down that we sometimes wear and and again it makes us vulnerable and i think being vulnerable like that helps us again to build trust because we come across more genuine
1: yeah yeah and and i think you br- you bring up a point there that that idea that professionalism sometimes is like the the suit that we put on right like or the the this kind of um, you know professionalism right and uh, again going back to the pre- presentation thing you talked about I always felt there was like two different presentations there are two different shows you know my background being a magician is the show you want to do and then the show the audience needs right, right. in in the moment and right. and when I wanted when I knew there was a video I mean uh, we were recording it for a promo video or whatever it's like I wanted it to be oh, you know, like I wanted it to be the show I wanted, right? Uh, and yet, because that's how I wanted to present it, but it never, I would always then, you know, go to the audience and give them what they need because that's what was right in the moment, right? So, yeah, um, but yeah finding that, that thing. So let's just talk a little bit about and define professionalism then, Mike. How would you define professionalism? Well,
2: to, to me, professionalism ties into accountability. It ties into, again, that notion of trust. I think a lot of what we're talking about here is trust, right? Yeah. So being professional, to me, is making sure you, you deliver on your promise, you deliver on your customer service promise, your brand promise, whatever that may be, that you're engaging with people in a respectful way, but also mm-hmm. in an honest way. Right. It's it's not professional to engage with people in a dishonest way. And again, I think there's a connection to authenticity there as well. One of the reasons we mistrust, distrust people is if we get the sense that they're not being authentic, even at a subconscious level. If we think there's something off between maybe their facial expression and their words or their actions and their words or their tone of voice and their whatever it is, even at a just micro level. That sends a signal to our mind. It distracts us almost. And we start to think, I don't know if I trust this person or not. So I don't know if I trust their message or not. So again, those things are tied together in my mind. Being professional is about, of course, putting your best foot forward, but putting your best authentic foot
1: forward, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And, and you know, here here at my company, we define professionalism is one of our, our core you know values yeah. and we define it as mastering the details that matter yeah you know, so I love that time. yeah that's great so, right so, yeah. uh, taking care know, of I all the that. details and yeah. The, yeah and the ones that matter because and, and it makes me think like you know I, I'm not wearing a dress shirt every day at the office if, if it's just me or whatever you know what I mean like it's yeah. like there are the times you know it's 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 like when it matters rising to the occasion and making right. sure things are on point right, right. things that they are they're there and I have to admit yesterday, uh, it was a holiday in, in Canada, right? And uh, and I actually had a meeting with a vendor in the UK, and I totally forgot about it. So I jumped on this Zoom call, you know, like hadn't shaved, t-shirt on, and I was kind of like I was <laughs> kind of embarrassed, right? Because that's just not the way that I normally present, right? In in, in that sense. Um, so I was very authentic. Let's call it that for a, you know a, a, a morning <laughs> a morning that I wasn't going to be working. Um, but, yeah, professionalism, I, I feel like, too, it's it's almost like meeting the expectations of the context. What do you think of that as a definition?
2: Yeah, I like that. that, meeting the expectations of the context, because, of course, uh, things change depending on the context, depending on the people in the room, depending on the, the situation, the event, the type of meeting. The culture range. of the company, right, too? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of that. So it's very context-specific. Yeah. I have this conversation, though, especially with senior leaders a lot. In fact, a group of CEOs I was speaking to recently, we got into this discussion of, of what does it mean to be professional and not be professional. And going down this really interesting conversation about how it, it really is important for senior leaders sometimes to, to uh, let their guards down and be goofy even sometimes, be silly sometimes, yeah. even though that might seem the polar opposite of being professional. But in fact, right. in the big picture, in the long-term sense, that's incredibly professional because that's the kind of stuff senior leaders need to do to build trust, to build their culture, to build support in teams, uh, is, to, is to present that side of them to their people sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's an important thing as leaders too, and what you're saying, Mike, is for the, everyone else of the company to embrace who they fully are and to be able to be themselves, you know, in, in terms of a culture.
2: For, for yeah. sure. You know, when I've interviewed uh, employees and leaders in companies all over the world. And so often when I've gone into what I would call truly inspiring workplaces that are just rocking it, those companies that are listed as the best place to work and are just killing it with their culture time and time again, when I interview the employees, what does it make? Why is this place such a rocking place to work? They will say to me, you know, it's because this is the first job I've ever had where I can just feel free to be my real self. Mm. I don't feel like I have to talk in this fake way. I don't feel like I have to put on this fake facade. And when you have to do that, think about that. When you work in an environment where you feel you can't be yourself, when you feel even there's a disconnect between your personal values and the organizational values, there's a mental toll there, I would suggest. In fact, I would suggest there's a physical toll on your body. There's a mental and physical drain on us when we cannot just be ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. almost like part of our brain has to go into overdrive mode and, and play this dual role. And of course, that's going to suck up a lot of energy.
1: Well, yeah, because you're being inauthentic. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like it takes more effort to keep track of your lies, <laughs> right. just to be <laughs> exactly. honest, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, got, we got a question from uh, Richard Label. How do you train leaders to be themselves? So Mike, what, what, what would you say when, you, when you're trying to get leaders to, to bring yeah. more of their authentic selves?
2: Yeah, Richard, that's a that's a great question. And it's an interesting question, right? Can you train somebody to be authentic? You know, I'm I'm practicing at being sincere. I'm faking it. There's all sorts of quotes about that. I think George Burns had a great one. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you can fake sincerity, you've got it made, right? So can yeah. you really train yeah. somebody? I think part of it, I th- I think you can. And I've coached leaders and worked with leaders and and I think you can. Part of it is just raising awareness and and Part of it is getting into, I think, a really good discussion about some of their assumptions about leadership Mm -hmm. and assumptions about how business and workplaces operate and challenging those assumptions that they have maybe brought along with them from job to job or over the the span of their career. And and
1: that's the professionalism buttoned up kind of. um, I can't. Well, I'm not going to be
2: seen as being professional if I do this. So I think. Helping them see that 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 is not the case. I think sharing examples of leaders that do things that that where they present their authentic selves uh, and achieve great results by doing so. So I think mm-hmm. sharing those stories can certainly help. I think as well coaching and training leaders on because a lot of this comes down to self awareness. I think right if if you're not self aware as a leader. I think this topic is going to challenge you a little bit. So it really is about encouraging leaders to look inward, to be more self-aware, to think about their own accountability to their people and how are they coming across. And that might involve getting feedback from their peers, feedback from their employees, working with a coach, but really taking a hard look at their own leadership style and just asking themselves, "Am, am I coming across real? Do I feel like I'm, I'm living my personal values when I come into work, or do I have to leave them at the door at eight o'clock in the morning? Do I feel like I can Mm -hmm. be vulnerable with my employees? And what does that actually look like? Because we have to remember there's a line there too, right? Being authentic doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to use my team as my group therapy session, right? Right. Because I'm being authentic.
1: When we train, uh, salespeople and, and, well, and sometimes even engineers and that sort of thing on being more engaging in their presentations. You know, I talk about the um, the, the word persona actually comes from the masks that the Greeks would wear right. that had to do with the sound because they were almost like little loudspeakers, right. For the open air amphitheaters. And so th- it was the masks we wear. And mm-hmm. even though it's the same person, We are different people, you know, when we're with our spouse, when we're with our kids, and we are in a professional context, when we're with our buddies or, you know what I mean? Like if I go go out for drinks after a volleyball game, it's a different, you know, you have a different side of you that's shown. So I think that, like you said, that awareness is a big part of that. Uh, And then going back to professionalism and this kind of buttoned up kind of piece and how that's kind of trained into people, um, I think people need permission to understand that they can be more themselves mm-hmm. in a context. And, and it reminds me of a situation where I was training a team and I was challenging them to do different uh, archetypes kind of. So, do their presentation like they're a kindergarten teacher, do their right. presentation like they're, like these different things that would just bring out different sides of them. And at the end of the, the training, we were kind of debriefing it and, and finding out what, how people felt. And some of them were just terrified to do that because that was not them. Right. Yeah. And then afterwards, kind of the the consensus was, I, I guess I'm more than I thought I was. Right. <laughs> and and I just think that's like and I think that kind of zest or that authenticity, pulling that out of people, allowing them to be more of themselves. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. I love that. And I used to do theater improv training. I used to do some theater improv performance and I used to train senior managers, especially CFOs uh, and sometimes full day workshops on theater improv, and talking about theater improv, improv, using improv to talk about leadership styles, communication, creativity in the workplace. And, of course, 90% of the participants were terrified at the start of the day, right? Like, they were just freaking out. But by the end of the day, they were loving it. Their masks had come down. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the key to success, though, was that we went very slow, Um, So it wasn't diving into the deep end of the pool. So we created comfort. We made it psychologically safe for people to laugh with one another. We never put anyone on the spot. We were all in this together. And it just helped people get more comfortable in Mm -hmm. their skin. At the same time, though, this raises an interesting point to the whole training idea is we're not talking about. And I think we have to make this clear, too. We're not talking about necessarily transplanting somebody's personality. Right. So we have to, I think, be clear that, no, we're not we're not going to try and change fundamentally who you are. We're just going to try to bring out the best of you and give you some tools. And even if it's conversation frameworks that are going to make you feel more comfortable when you sit down with your employees, maybe that's going to help you engage at a more authentic, real level with your employees. So it's really about just just helping you grow
1: into your true self but not changing the fundamental. Yeah. And, and And that's the thing, because that, that would be far from authenticity, changing somewhere right. else. Right? And, right. and so I think this idea of what you talked about with going slow and the comfort level and the, yeah. kind of that, that piece, and it is really the culture of that training it is yeah. kind of almost that, that side of it. Right. So yeah. when companies um, can feel uh, comfortable, spreading their wings a little bit. I think you can, you can see people doing that.
2: Right, and, and I have seen people shift their behaviors. I've seen leaders shift their behaviors yeah. dramatically when they've just looked inward, done some, some work on themselves in terms of self-awareness and thinking about their leadership styles and are they really approachable? There's a difference right. between being accessible and being approachable right? So are they as open as they need to be to have richer conversations so that employees can come to them with their concerns, with their outrageous ideas, with their really difficult questions? You have to, as a leader, create that psychological safety to allow for those conversations. And so I've I've come across leaders. One of my favorite examples is a leader who I interviewed many years ago, a CEO of a company. And he admitted to me, he said, you know, I'm, I'm actually shy. I'm a shy person and I'm an introvert. And those are two different things. But he was saying, no, I'm I'm both. I'm shy and an introvert. Yet I've realized that as CEO of a company and the kind of culture we want to build here, I can't hide behind those natural personality wow. tendencies yeah. because I still want to create this very fun, open, authentic culture where people are allowed to be themselves. So I need to kind of force myself to get out of my own comfort zone sometimes to to send that message to convey that message of authenticity mm-hmm. and fun, and he's done very well. I mean, he showed up at midnight on a call center floor once, wearing a matador costume on rollerblades to check in with call center <laughs> employees. That's pretty good, I would say, for a shy yeah. introvert.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, um, yeah. That's uh, being who you who your audience or your employees need you to be. You know. Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, it, it, but still being yourself, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's
2: an interesting balance, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk briefly here about you know work from home. It's yeah. changed a lot of things. Post COVID world, I don't even know if we can say post COVID world, but like you know whatever's the the new pre, thing we're kind of coming Pre post pre oh, pre post post. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, pre pre post, other post, pandemic post to post. Yeah. There you go. What what do you see coming down the pipe in terms of you know how we are going to navigate in this new you know, world and and kind of I don't know embracing this you know I, I definitely see this kind of um, you know people embracing hey we we have families we have young children at home this is the reality like I see that a more much more acceptance of that especially you know on the virtual side what what are you seeing uh, Mike? Yeah,
2: similar. I, th- I think there's been a lot of lessons the last few years. And talking about just the virtual world to start, we we all had those stories at the start of this, especially where people were sharing stories of maybe disasters of what was being shared, you know, behind the camera, mm-hmm. right? the spouse coming out of the shower uh, because you forgot to close the door, or the kids and dogs barking or coming into the room, and and that's interesting, right? Because again, that was there was such a debate early on. And I think to some point there still is this debate between professionalism versus authenticity where some people, I still hear people say, well, it's not very professional to have a a cat come in and walk across your desk during a Zoom meeting, like we're in an important Zoom meeting here and their cat came across, for goodness sakes, it was so unprofessional. And then other people are going, oh, come on, give me a break. It was great to see the cat. And in fact, let's take a little time out and introduce the cat to the team members here, right? So we've got People's families sometimes through yeah. this, their dogs, their cats, we see more of the mm-hmm. real self. So I think in some ways it's it's helped uh, bridge that authentic professional gap, mm-hmm. if you will, right? So, so there's been that aspect of it. One thing we've certainly, I think, that I've seen that we've all learned is, uh, and, and this has been borne out in so many surveys and so much research in the last two years, that culture matters now more than ever workplace culture matters way more than ever. And we know that as organizations are transitioning back to some sort of hybrid mix in the future or back into their office, they have to double down on their culture. We know so many employees, right, who have made that tough choice, that tough decision to say, you know what, this is this is kind of, this whole experience has taught me that I don't enjoy what I'm doing for a living anymore. I don't want to go yeah. back on the rat race. I don't want to commute an hour and a half each way. Yeah. To work. So I'm going to look Ooh. for another job or my spouse and I have talked and we, we've we realized, you know, we can do with just one salary. We're going to live a simpler lifestyle or we're going to even move. Right. Right. So organizations need like never before to step up and be extra intentional about their culture. To to me, that's the key word, intentional, extra intentional about their culture, intentional about their leadership, intentional about building trust in the workplace matters now more than ever. So again, it goes back to that idea of authenticity. I think it has never been more important to have those real honest conversations with your employees about what they want, what their hopes, their dreams, their goals are, and to hit the reset button and to read, this is the perfect opportunity to reimagine a more inspiring, rocking workplace.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm gonna pull out this quote that we, we talked about, authenticity is the new currency. That was written in 2014. So, I mean, it's uh, it's not as new, but it's the most important currency, you know, from what, from what you're saying. Uh, making that shift because retention is so hard, right? The great resignation. And that's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so
2: again, just being extra intentional about checking in with one another uh, extra intentional about how we build relationships, build trust about how we communicate. All of that has become
1: so, so important now. So if we were to sum up and and again, I went into it thinking they were more imposing. You you've won me over to this idea Uh that they both are trust related in a way, right? Because you have For the sure. professionalism yeah. <laughs> of the expectations. Um, authenticity is knowing that what you see is actually what you're getting in terms of the congruence, right? Right. Um, and, and man, I, I was going to sum up, but I just thought of another point <laughs> that, that I want to bring up. <laughs> um, so I think again, we were talking about the buttoned-up professionalism thing. Hmm. I think that that idea, that notion, um, can sometimes because we are um, meeting the expectations that are for the context, right? Right. That that can be boring. Right. And and then that, that there's kind of sometimes going out, out of that box, getting out of that box a little bit, is so refreshing that it's kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's interesting, right? As the as the pattern interruptive of whatever interaction that is. And if it's something that is real about that person, you know, I think it really creates a connection.
2: You know, yeah, um, it's about confounding our expectations, right? If you go yeah. in and meet with uh, a professional, what would traditionally be considered a very conservative, you know, buttoned up kind of job, a lawyer, say, or a financial investment yeah. planner, but the person just comes across totally different than anyone else you've met with, but in a professional way still, Yeah, I think that's going to have a huge impact, yeah. right? right? They're, they're going to stand out from the herd to be heard. You're, you're going to, in fact, probably yeah. trust them even more. And you're going to think, Wow, this is so this is so refreshing
0: to mm-hmm. sit down
2: with somebody in
1: your field who's who's who's
2: like this. It's
1: awesome. Yeah. It, it makes me think of the people who share kind of a unique hobby about themselves when they're in their presentation or something like that. And you're like, oh, that is interesting. Like you all are automatically now think about that person differently, right? As opposed to just stay to the script and you know that right. kind of thing. Right. And
2: thank yeah. you for saying that, Andres, because that is so true. That's why I think we have to remember the importance of fun events at work social events the, the some of the even goofy things we do that some people might discount as being frivolous what i remind people of is is you know where else do we build trust we have to get to know people beyond their job titles and so when you learn about people's family lives about their when you meet them with their children for the first time you see them through a different lens you see them as a father a mother Mm -hmm. you 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 learn about their hobbies and you you think oh my i've known you for 12 years i never knew you go skydiving every weekend that's just crazy and you look at that person in a different way and i just think you know how else do we build trust unless we get to really know each other at a more personal level
1: yeah, yeah. And, and that's how we build connections is through yeah, yeah. through through understanding the commonalities and the and even non-commonalities, but just that are cool to know, right? Exactly. So, right. Right. And again, you know,
2: I have to make a plug for it because of my book, The Humor Advantage. Humor helps a lot with this. When you create a, a workplace, a mm-hmm. meeting that is full of humor, that is full of laughter. We know from so much research that people tend to open up more. They're they're more honest, they're more creative and innovative because it creates that psychological safe space to just be yourself. And as a leader, if you can share a little bit of your sense of humor in a safe way, if you can poke fun at yourself, if you can take yourself a little less seriously, that's going to create that that psychological safe space for the people around you. It's so important. And, And for people to just think about how their humor is going to help other people feel around them is so important. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Mike. I, I put up your website just because, you know, we're talking about your book. So, Humor in the Workplace, Jerk Free, the Jerk Free Workplace as well. Yes. Right? The newest one. There's your website, if people are interested in- And, and by soon to be, like in maybe 10 days, a totally new website. Okay. So totally. So, new so, yeah, so come back in 10 days, write down the website Very and then exciting. come back in 10 days. Um, very cool. Hey, uh, Mike, thank you for for being here and helping us explore um, this topic. I just think it's fascinating just because there's so many kind of
0: crossovers Tentacles. and
1: things. yeah, it's it's just kind of like and, um, and and it's helping me resolve it too as, as I teach teams because it did feel like I was kind of saying, okay, We want to, you know, play down this and play up this and yet (laughs) be yourself, right? Like, what? So it's all good. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, Well, maybe perhaps we'll do it again. I I feel like we're a little bit, uh, this is a real Canadian reference, but Bob and Doug McKenzie, where it's like, okay, new topic. You know, like, i got a topic for the show. (laughs) Put on our toques. I would love to wear a toque with you. I Crack open a can of beer. That would be awesome. I think that could become
2: a thing. That would be amazing. So, so to just wrap up this topic then, Anders, I think I perhaps leave the last words to the, the, the brilliant Oscar Wilde who once said,
1: be yourself. Everyone else is taken. That's pretty good advice. I think it is. All right. We'll end it on that. Thanks again, Mike.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engagify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show include the hashtag engaging personalities i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions we are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episode go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team want to know more go to our website engageify.ai or follow me on linkedin Thanks for listening and stay engaged.